It is almost seven, as you can see. All is quiet in the Berenstain Bears' home sweet tree. Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bear cast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and this week we're covering a book about time, time, time. See what's become of bears. What has become of bears? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I. I. I, I that's. That's not even a real question. I don't even understand why would. He, why would I even begin with that song? This is a book about telling time. It's not actually about the concept of time. It's not about the concept of time, or is it? This week's book is the Berenstain Bears on Time from 1992. It's from the Berenstain Bears Cub Club. Look, Ma, I'm reading. These books arrived in the mail. You ordered them. You belonged to the Cub Club. A very exclusive membership, the Cub Club. You could only get into the Cub Club by paying uh, currency to the Cub Club. And then they sent you books. Hardback books came in the mail, and they were mediocre. But not all of them were that bad. And this is one that's not that bad. It's actually got a little bit of a story. It's got a little bit of a punchline, a little bit of a joke, and a little bit... Of a rewrite. That's right. The Berenstain Bears on Time from 1992 was later rewritten and made part of the Step Into Reading series in 1999 as part of the Step Into Reading Level 2 as the Berenstain Bears Catch the Bus, a Tell the Time story. Now, I was very, very curious to see how this all played out. The Berenstain Bears on Time is a concise little book. It's not exactly a complex book, but it makes a point. It has a purpose, and it gets that purpose across in a specific number of pages. And I was wondering, how do you rewrite? How do you repurpose? How do you reconfigure this text for modern ears, or as, I guess, five five plus, five years, five years later ears, because there's not a whole lot of gap of time between this and the other one. Um... Uh, so I got my hands on the Berenstain Bears on time. And before I go any further, I would like to thank Melanie, Addie, Ruben, and Aaron, our dear neighbors who supplied this week's copy of the Berenstain Bears on time. They wrote to me and said, hey, I've got this book, the Berenstain Bears on time. Interested? And I said, you bet I am. I am literally at that point. It was what is known to some people as serendipity known to other people as coincidence. It was a great coincidence, though. A, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A eucatastrophic coincidence, if I may use a term uh, favored by people who read a lot of Tolkien, uh, which has nothing to do with this podcast. But the Berenstain Bears on time, rewritten five years later as the Berenstain Bears catch the bus. What happens? What changed? What is the difference? Why would they change it at all? That's what I'm here to find out. I'm going to tell you right off the bat. I don't know. But... I'm going to have a few guesses. First of all, let's take a look at the Berenstain Bears on time from 1992, part of the Cub Club. Look, Ma, I, wait, I already did that part. I already did that, that part. Look, Ma, I'm reading. So this is a book that's literally about telling the time. And when I say literally about telling the time, you know what? I'm going to jump back a little further. Let's talk. Let's actually talk about time. Uh, because the title of the book can be misleading. It's called the Berenstain Bears on time. It's not the Berenstain Bears are on time, or the Berenstain Bears are trying to be on time, which raises the question, is the title meant to be interpreted as the Berenstain Bears as a family, as a unit, as as a species, are prompt? Is that what they're saying? Or are they saying 
this is a book in which we will be exploring the very nature of of time, the very essence of chronology, the very spirit of Kronos himself, itself, themselves. What is time? What what is the passage of time? What does it signify? What does it mean to be on time? Because in a way, aren't we all on time? Aren't we all on this trip together, running along, sailing down the, the stream, the time stream, at a rate of one second per second? Isn't that what we're all doing? Aren't we caught in the flow of time, whether we want to be or not? Aren't we all on time? Are we riding time? Is time a beast of burden? Or is time a bird, a giant bird, that has us in its grip, in its powerful talons, that is sailing with us over the mountains of mortality on the way to the gentle sea of death? Is that what this is? Because in a way, the Berenstain Bears on time raises these questions. And it's the first book that really makes us think, what is at the end of time? What is it that we are all hurtling towards? And I will tell you right now, dear listeners, we are hurtling towards that great bear country in the sky. I hope in the sky. Some of us may be going to that bear country under the ground where it is hot, called Lava Land. Because uh, that's what that's what we have to think. Because if brother and sister bear are racing the clock, constantly trying to beat time, eventually they will outpace time. And when that happens, it will be the Berenstain Bears on coffins or on headstones or on dirt above you. And they will have caught that bus to their final destination, the grave. So as we open this book, Let's keep that in mind, that through no fault of our own, all we are thinking about is the long game called life, and how at the end of the long game, we all cash in our chips for great prizes, among them, death. So, the Baron St. Bear's on time begins with brother and sister not waking up. It's just, it's 6.59, the house is quiet, the Baron St. Bear's are, this is weird, okay, we do not ever, ever hear the Bear family referred to as the Berenstain Bears. Can we stit? Can we, for a second, pause? Can we just take a moment and breathe, okay? Because holy spumoni, it is almost seven, as you can see, all is quiet in the Berenstain Bears home sweet tree. That is not a thing. We do not call the family the Berenstain Bears. That is their title. That is not their name. Oh, goodness. Now... It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a doozer. It's a big one. It's weird. It would be like if someone came over to my house and I was like, well, I don't ever say welcome to the Gonzalez household because we all have, we are, there are four people who live in this house and they have four different last names. But if I was to say that, it would be as if instead of saying, welcome to the Gonzalez house, I would said, welcome to God's human Gonzalez house. And that isn't, that's weird. And so the Bear family never says like, well, we are the Berenstain. Well, I guess, okay. In the cartoon, they do say we are the Berenstain Bears, but I feel like that's outside of reality. That is like they have stepped beyond the apron and are addressing us, the audience. But the Bear family, within the context of the stories, never actually says, like, we are the Berenstain Bears, because that would, they're that would be them acknowledging a creator they do not know they have. So weirdness already happens. It is almost seven, as you can see. All is quiet in the Berenstain Bears' home sweet tree. Let's just... That's weird. That's just weird. So at 7 o'clock, the alarm goes off, and Brother Bear is awoken. 
But then he goes back to bed. And by 7.05, those cubs are zonked out. So Papa gets up. He's getting ready for work. He's tired. He has a cup of joe. Uh, Grizzly Gus, the driver of the school bus, is also getting ready for work. He's getting ready to go pick up some cubs. By 7.15, he is in that bus, and he is on his way at 7.20. But the cubs are still asleep. 7.25, what's going to happen if Gus gets there before they wake up? Is that is, is there even a plan for that? Because the cubs, the little cubs, all throughout bear country, they're already waiting for the bus. They're at the school bus stop, and it's 7.30. What's going to happen? The bear cubs are still asleep, brother and sister. The, the, the other cubs are pilot on that bus, and Grizzly Gus is within shouting distance of the Bears Treehouse, or the Berenstain Bears Treehouse, I guess, as they call it. Mama is in the kitchen. It's 745. She looks out the window. She sees that bus barreling down that sunny dirt road, and she's getting worried. She hasn't even heard the Cubs. Are they up? She goes into the room, and she is furious at the Cubs. They're asleep. What's that all about? It is 10 minutes till... I mean, I guess it's... Okay, so... Mama looks out the window. It's a quarter a quarter till, and she sees the school bus coming up the sunny door road. It is about 30 yards away. It takes Mama five minutes to get upstairs, which is okay. Um, takes another five for the school bus to get halfway to, to the Bears Treehouse. Uh, so a good 10-minute drive for about 20 yards. Brother and sister get their clothes on, brush their teeth, get downstairs and eat in four minutes. And then they hop on the bus at eight. It's a good thing that Grizzly Gus drives at no miles an hour. He he must have taken his foot off the gas about a half mile from the bear's house. And at this point, I won't even say he's using its momentum carrying him forward. I'd say it's the the natural rotation of the earth at this point that has to be carrying this bus forward, considering the speed at which it is going, uh, the, the 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 cubs they, they get on the bus, and there's a moral. There's literally a moral. This never happens in the Berenstain Bears books, in any of them. It says moral colon. If you sleep past seven, you might be late when the school bus comes for you at eight. That's not entirely true. My child, my youngest child, the bus comes at seven. Like 7.08, I think, is the official time. We are not awake an hour before then. We wake up at 6.15. So you can sleep past 7 for an 8 o'clock bus. Like, that's that's fine. The Cubs themselves prove that you can actually sleep that. Like, you could, they could, well, I don't even know why they have to get up at 7. Like, they are, they get up and get ready in five minutes. That's fine. Like, get them up at a quarter till. Get up at a quarter till, mama bear. So what makes this book interesting and fun, and I use that word in the loosest sense of the term, is that each illustration, sometimes per page, sometimes two per page, is accompanied by a large drawing of a clock with its hands pointing to the time that it currently is in the story. So the idea is that it's announcing the time. And below the analog clock is a digital readout. So the kids can see or I won't say a digital readout. Well, it's, it's whatever you call it. Like, it's not an actual digital readout. It's just the number. The numbers are written. So when it's seven twenty, it says seven twenty underneath. So kids can learn. Not all. So you're learning like this weird. It's this weird matrix of like various uh, uh, dimensions to the story are being spelled out for you. So you have the the illustrations which show you what is happening, uh, and the illustration by its very nature is 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 
demonstrating is it denotes movement. You are you are seeing action within a static frame. So within the static image, the concept of linear time is already there. It is approaching, and then next to the static image that is 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 suggesting linear time, the flowing of time, the movement of of the image is uh, is the clock, which shows you the I guess beginning instant of that image. So. Uh, you have fluid, you have movement, you have illustrative movement, you have uh, analog time, and you have digital time, which uh, is, more, is, is, is a little more static. Uh, digital, digital clocks do not flow the way analog clocks do. So you have three concepts uh, presented to you. You have, you have the, the illustrated drawing, the cartoon image, which is, uh, which, is, which is chronological in and of itself. Oh, yeah. And then the flow from the previous picture. So you have the flow of the story which pushes you forward, the reader, the forward in time. You have the, the flowing mo motion of the illustration itself, w in which time is also passing, although at a static rate. It's that weird static image denotes forward movement. And then you have the analog clock, which, in, which, which invokes sweeping movement. And then you have the digital clock, which denotes uh, paused time or like... Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the space between time that is you're here. So you're, you're, you're inundated with concepts of time. The Barrett State Bears on time. Like, not only are we learning to tell time, we are uh, learning to appreciate time from multiple angles, it coming at us from, from various dimensions. But it does not stop there, okay? Because, like I said at the beginning, and belabored for quite a while, this book was rewritten. Uh, when it became part of the Step Into Reading series. This book was rewritten as the Bears and Bears Catch the Bus, which, okay, Catch the Bus, A Tell the Time Story, which is interesting because by shifting the title, you're shifting the focus away from the what I believe is the actual lesson of the book, which is tell children, and if there are any children listening, listen. Right now, you think of time as something that needs to be obeyed, I guess, is the uh, is the the idea... Time is a a taskmaster. Time is a uh, an entity. Time is Kronos himself, scythe in hand, stalking the streets, pushing us forward. That is how you see time. Time is this thing. I'm here to tell you right now that you don't have to worry about time. Time time is going to go on, uh, regardless. You cannot catch up with time. You cannot lose time. Time is always there. Time is 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 adhered to you it surrounds you it's like the air itself uh, you do not have to worry about time yeah the berenstain bears i don't know what is i even talking about i got totally lost in my own where am i so in any case step into reading adapted the book on time and first the first major change that i notice is that it no longer says by stan and jan berenstain it says by the berenstains which leads me to believe, like it just says the Berenstains. It's something you rarely have ever seen. It's credited to the Berenstains, which I'm going to assume that is because this book was reworked by the wonderful Mr. Mike Berenstain. Uh, and as soon as you open the book and take a look at the first illustration, you realize that has to be the case because, and here's the interesting thing about this book. Unlike the other Cub Club rewrites or adaptations that I've covered. This book was also redrawn, not radically, not drastically, not in a way that like on a cursory glance you would notice. But if you're comparing the two books, if you're holding them next to each other, 
it's very obvious that the first one was at least drafted by the Berenstains, and the new one was drawn by Mike Berenstain. And if I'm wrong, kick me out of heaven because I'm already there. And the style is clearly a Mike Berenstain style. Even the the house is drawn differently. The root system is drawn like it's drawn now. Uh, the 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 upper story windows are drawn in uh in a more uh modern way. Even though this book's only five years later, it has been completely redrawn, but not redrawn so that it's immediately noticeable. Like I said, the layout is still the same, and I wonder why that is. I have a theory. God, even like their bunk bed, like in the original illustration, the bunk bed looks like it was put together from. By Papa, but from pieces of forest, like pieces of wood. Like you see like knots and stuff sticking out. The bunk bed in the new drawing is very Ikea-ish. It's very slick and clean. Um, and the bears are drawn in Mike Berenstain style, not in a Stan or Jan style. But I'm wondering if it had to be redrawn for the new format of the publication. Or I wonder if the, the art wasn't available for them to, to reuse I'm just I'm confused by it. I have a uh, I have a uh, I have an inquiry out to Mike himself. I'm hoping he writes back because I really am curious. I'm curious as to what the heck's going on. Like why why redraw this? Why like the staircase in the original drawings is very much an old wooden like it's made out of logs. It's their old ladder esque staircase, but the new staircase looks like something you'd see in a just a suburban house. But the stove is still drawn the same way and. Like some of the stuff is recolored, but it's still basically the same. The school bus is the same. But in some ways, like he redrew Bear Country, the houses in Bear Country look a little more like like wooden, like a little more tree-ish. I just I don't understand. Like it's a I won't say it's a bizarre thing because I don't know the publishing world. I don't understand uh, the demands of the publishing world. But I'm just wool gathering now. I mean, but I'm just I'm just going off on a on a little tear here now because. I honestly don't understand. Please, please, I hope he writes me back. In any case, not only are the are the illustrations completely redone, but the words have been altered in small ways, but in some time, in some ways that I'm like, why, why, why even bother changing this? Now, the first thing is that yes, he does change the Berenstain Bears Home Sweet Tree to the Bears Home Sweet Tree, which works much better because it actually fits the meter a little bit better. It's almost seven, as you can see. All is quiet in the Bears Home Sweet Tree, not the Berenstain Bears Home Sweet Tree. That's weird. I am so glad they changed that. Um, the Cubs are asleep at seven o'clock. The alarm goes off. It is quite a shock. It was, it's quite a shock in the original. So I think some of these changes were made. And again, this is just me hypothesizing. And so in the original, it says five minutes later, they're back to sleep. Both brother and sister are still asleep. The new version says five minutes later, they are back to sleep. Brother and sister are back to sleep. And I'm wondering if, they changed it because there's certain criteria that had to be met for the step into reading series. Cause there's, you know, they, it, they sell their books by level. So there's certain vocabulary they will and will not use for children at certain ages. And so like the next page, Papa's coffee starts to perk pop and Papa will soon be heading for work was the original text. The new version says Papa's coffee starts to perk. Papa will soon be going to work. So I'm wondering if they're like change heading to going because that's where we have a set vocabulary that we use for kids at this level. Um, but there's little changes on almost almost every page. And off to work is Grizzly Gus is changed to an off to work goes Grizzly Gus. Like it's is it is it syntax? Is it I don't know. Like 
Gus's bus starts on its way is changed to the school bus starts on its way. Um, there's one where there is actually a, a whole paragraph cut out. So the original page says, but are they worrying? They are not. Are they hurrying? They are not. If you checked, you would find sweet sleep is all that's on their mind. That whole sweet sleep part, that's just chopped out. Chippity chop. Chip, chop, chup. It is gone. Uh, also, the digital clock has been redrawn to look more like an actual digital clock. It's not just numbers on paper. It looks like an actual digital readout. I assume, to make it a little clearer for kids, that these are clocks that they might be seeing. Um, but yeah, it goes on like that with little changes here and there. Nothing major. Just enough, though, to let you know that like there was there was definitely changes. Um, it's literally like wash and dress and comb and brush is changed to wash and dress. Period. Comb and brush. Period. It, it, just uh, little things. Uh, is there a moral at the end of this one? Why yes, and it is still designated moral. If you sleep past seven, you might be late when the school bus comes for you at eight. They didn't change that one at all. Cause you know what. That's a universal truth. But I'm going to let you in on a little fun, a little secret fun. It's the only page that is fundamentally altered. Uh, it's still the same basic layout. Mom is at the treehouse waving goodbye to the cubs. The, you see brother and sister in the backseat of the bus driving out of frame. But the bus is heading in a different direction. The bus is actually heading in a different direction. And I'm wondering if that's because... It's been redrawn so that the bus is simply continuing in the direction it was facing when it came to the bear's house. In the in the original drawing, it looks like it it turned. And I'm wondering if Mike redrew that for continuity's sake. Again, I don't know. These are all guesses. I have no idea. I'm not privy to any of this. I am simply a guy on the internet. Now, when it comes to the Berenstain Bears on time, the very concept of time... Bears teaching children about the inexorable march of time. The boots are coming up the hill. They are marching at you, soldiers of time, bringing you war. What is that war? The time. It's time. It's just time. It's a metaphor. Uh, the war will continue until you are at home. Until you go home, you served our country well. Thank you, soldiers of time. The Berenstain Bears on time versus the Berenstain Bears catch the bus. I tell the time story. Which do you prefer, Phil? I am saying to me, I'm going to have to go with the original. I'm going to have to go with the Berenstain Bears on time. Why? Because it's got the original illustrations. This is not a knock against Mike Berenstain. But I just like the loosey-goosey look of the original illustrations a tiny bit better. Now, if the only book you can get your hands on, because obviously On Time is out of print, the only book you can get your hands on is Catch the Bus. Ooh, do get Catch the Bus. It's fun to watch Mama get mad at those cubs, and it's fun to watch the cubs rush to get ready. And it's a nice reminder, hey, everyone, you can't escape Time's grip. He has the scythe, and his grip is cold. It's so cold it burns when he grabs onto you with his icy fingers and won't let go because he is ultimately the one who decides our fates is time. I bring the bearer of bad news, but it is. You cannot escape his gaze, his withering stare. He will always be there. And when you look up at the sky, you are looking into the depths of time. Just never forget that. That's what this book is about. That's why I brought it to you. It's a very important novel about 
about the story of time. Uh, but so the Berenstain Bears on time. Berenstain Bears catch the bus to tell the time story. Do you need to buy it? Yeah, go right ahead. Go to your local book dealer and request a copy of it. If you go to a local used book dealer and request the old book, go to a new book dealer and request the new book. Or go to a used book dealer and request the new book. I guess you could. They probably have a copy. Or go to a new book dealer and request the old book. And they'll say, we can't get it for you. But we can get you the Berenstain Bears catch the bus. It's the same book, basically. It's just redrawn by Mike Berenstain, but we don't know that. Because it just says the Berenstains on it. Either way, you got a winner. You've got a super book. It's fun. Kids love it. They'll giggle, laugh, and hold their feet and rock back and forth. It's great. I love it. Put it on your shelf. Thumbs up from Phil. The Berenstain Bears on time. Berenstain Bears catch the bus. Tell time story. Uh, that's it for this week. Oh, boy, do we have more Cub Club books. We have something about them arguing. I think maybe what about them watching TV again? Uh, maybe. I don't know. But uh, other than that, the big story is, of course, March 19th at Moon Palace Books, 10 a.m., Berenstain Bears live show. You can come and see me. You can come and see Brandy Brown. You can come and see Susie Jewell. You can come and see Emily Hips. We will all be discussing the Berenstain Bears' new neighbors. It'll be a family-friendly show. It may not be a family-interesting show. It depends on how much your children can tolerate grown-ups talking about the books they like to read and not doing funny voices and not dancing around in costumes. It will just be... For adults being amazing, but not maybe being children amazing. But we will not be saying swearing words. We will not be talking about hard subjects. We will not be talking about adult things. We'll be talking about the wonderful world of neighbors and how you too can be a good neighbor. And maybe if there are kids in the audience, maybe we'll have a message for them about being a good neighbor because that's where it starts. It starts right here. That's my heart. Starts right there in the heart when you're young. The hearts of the young. Is there any greater heart? Probably not. Maybe an elephant heart. Because it's so big. And beats so strong. Thank you for joining me once again for Deep in Bear Country, Berenstain Bearcast. You can find me online. You can find me on Twitter at Bearcast. You can find me at BerenstainBearcast.wordpress.com. You can write to me at BerenstainBearcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Please, please, please come to the live show March 19th at 10 a.m. Moon Palace Books if you live in the Twin Cities area. Otherwise, keep on listening, and I will see you next time deep in a bear country.